Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Our homes, they're supposed to be a haven from the wolf. A place of safety and hopefully love. But what happens when we discover that they can also be doorways into the supernatural and sadism? I'm Peter Laws, and tonight on Frightful, we meet the young woman in the wall. The old English house had been in the family for over 200 years, It was a large, impressive place, and in the early days it was surrounded by hundreds of acres of land. But over the years, the nearby city of Leeds started to grow. Local farmers started to put in offers to buy sections of the sprawling land around the house, and the family started to sell many of these acres off. A world of progress was growing up around it, and so the footprint gradually began to shrink. But in the 1970s, it still stirred in a considerable five acres of land. That was the time when Sarah Hunt decided to make it her forever home. She had grown up in the house and came to own it through family inheritance. So when she got married to her husband, Brian, they decided that rather than branch out to somewhere new, it would be a wonderful place to live and raise a family, a large home surrounded by trees and a small lake a haven of love from the industrial landscape just beyond the outer walls. But the place needed work, a lot of it, particularly because some of the stone outbuildings were old and crumbling. The family called that section the barn, which was attached to the house via a single door that was now sealed. Sarah and Brian had exciting plans. They would completely rebuild the barn and build a substantial playroom and nursery as well as an apartment for a live-in nanny. That also put in space for them to live while the work on the main house was done. Well, the ambitious renovation began in the spring of 1976, and as the builders hammered and soared, Sarah took a nostalgic wander around her childhood home, and she walked the halls and the rooms and paused for a moment at a sealed door this door connected the house with the crumbling barn outside, and the reason it had been sealed all these years was to stop the rats getting inside the main house. She had her measuring tape with her, and to help out with the renovation, she started to measure in that room. When she stopped, she heard a sound, something she would not have expected in a place like this. It was a girl crying, and the sound was coming from beyond the door. Was there a woman out there in the barn helping with the work? Was she hurt? Sarah hurried outside to check the barn, but there was no girl to be seen. Perhaps she was hearing things or mishearing things. And yet in the coming days, she passed the door again and heard a different bizarre sound. Not a girl crying this time, 
but a strange sort of religious chant, a prayer that she described not as comforting or peaceful, but as horribly manic. She did not recognize the language, but occasionally the words were in English. Again, there was no visible source for the bizarre and frightening prayer, so she was scared and confused enough to not tell anybody about the sound, but she recorded this in her diary, which she had been keeping since she was a child in the house. Well, the team pressed ahead with the renovation, knocking down the brittle stone of the barn and building up new brickwork in its place. But there was a problem. Unlike the couple in tonight's Frightful, I don't have freaky spectral voices in the walls of my house, but I do have niggling little voices in my head sometimes. Better explain that before I sound like a psychopath. Yeah, I have that little voice to the conscience, which says that in the new year of 2022, I should A, get healthy and eat well, B, be wise with my money, and C, learn how to be a better cook. Which is why I'm so impressed with America's best value meal kit, Every Plate. It's super easy. You just pick from 17 recipes each week and you can customize it if you like. And then Every Plate plan, shop, and deliver everything you need to make a delicious meal. And you don't have to be like Gordon Ramsay to pull these meals off either because you get easy to follow recipe cards and pre-portioned ingredients so you get the taste levels just right. Now at first I thought a service like this would be wildly expensive but it's really the opposite. One every plate meal is about the price of a cup of coffee. Impressive. Now I'll be straight with you. Every plate cannot cast out spooky ghosts moaning in the walls of your farmhouse. But they can silence those niggling little voices in my head and maybe yours because I know that in 2022, I can eat well, I can save money, and I am able to cook an impressive hearty meal for my family. So try Every Plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code ITSFRIGHTFUL179. In the spooky world of the Frightful Podcast, when you hear the sound of moaning and groaning coming through the walls, it's usually a bad thing. You know, like a creepy paranormal haunting in tonight's story. But in everyday life, moaning through the walls isn't always such an unwelcome sound. Well, Adam and Eve have been helping people moan and groan in a good way for 50 years. That's because they are the leading adult toy store in the USA. And the Adam and Eve website offers an extensive range of products from the tentative to the truly adventurous. They take privacy seriously too. And so the products arrive in discreet packaging and they offer an impressive 90-day no-hassle return. So yes, on Frightful, the moans often leave you with a cold and shivering sense of fright. But if you want some of the more fun kind, why not swing by adamandeve.com and take a look? And get this, you can use the code FRIGHT and get 50% off one item, plus free shipping in the US and Canada. Some exclusions apply. That's code FRIGHT for 50% off an item, plus free shipping in the US and Canada. When the contractors returned each morning to continue the work, they complained that someone during the night kept kicking down the new brick wall. Considering the distance from the local village was about half a mile, this seemed really odd. Who on earth would be sabotaging the build? But sure enough, the morning would come and the new brickwork would be lying in disarray. And not only that, someone had tipped bags of cement across the bricks. What was going on? Sarah called the police who could do little more than keep a closer eye on the place. But that did nothing to stop the vandalism. The walls would be built one day, 
and smashed down the next. It was Sarah's husband, Brian, who decided to step up. He said he would hide himself in some bushes and stay for the night, waiting to catch the vandals red-handed. But Sarah was concerned. She didn't want him to do this alone, so she told him to bring a strong and burly friend for this stakeout, and he knew just the one to contact. He called his old friend Donald, who was a rugby player. He would certainly intimidate any prankster. And Donald thought this spy mission sounded fun, so he was invited for dinner that night. And Sarah and Brian were surprised to see that Donald wasn't alone. He brought his wife, Annette, who thought it might be exciting to help. And so they decided that it would be Donald and Annette who would do the watching that night. Annette, by the way, was pregnant. So they had dinner, but by nine o'clock Donald and Annette were eager to set up for the night and were still light at that point, so they were able to lay out an air bed and blankets. Sarah and Brian left them to it and were eager to hear the results in the morning. 76 was a hot summer in England and it was a warm night. Cozy, you might even say. So as the night darkness started to settle in, Annette noticed that Donald had fallen fast asleep. A second glass of port at dinner didn't help. Watching him snoozing there, Annette decided to let him sleep. She could keep watch alone. So sitting during a very calm and quiet night, she watched for activity and got a little bored. So she eventually decided to do a patrol to check the surroundings and she looked out across the grounds. She didn't want to alert any vandals, so she walked barefoot and went to check on the wall. It was dark, and like I said, it was warm. But the warmth did not last for long near that wall, because just as Annette stepped closer to the troubled brick, she seemed to step into a bizarre microclimate, and the temperature plummeted into cold. But more than that, Annette was suddenly confused at her surroundings. She no longer seemed to be outside. She looked about herself and found that in the dark, she must have stumbled into a strange chamber that she'd never seen before, with stone walls built up wet with frost, and above her in the ceiling, a grill with moonlight flooding in. And she was flooded with fear, because this couldn't be right, this wasn't possible. And yet she noticed a door in the stone wall which was starting to open. Annette was petrified when four seemingly hooded figures walked into the room, one of which was carrying a burning torch. They used this to light three more torches on the walls, and then the place suddenly bloomed with firelight, revealing something that she hadn't seen in the dark before. There was a bed with a young, frightened girl sitting on it, about 15 years old. Dressed in tattered clothes, the girl was weeping with both hands tied behind her back. Two of the figures stepped into the light, and the flames lit up their faces beneath their black robes. It was two women in religious garments, and they grabbed the young girl and wrenched her upwards. When she stood, Annette realized something shocking and heartbreaking. Just like Annette, she was pregnant, only this screaming, terrified girl was very close to labor. But even though she was crying and wailing and the figures were talking, Annette could only see their mouths moving. She heard no sound, like a bizarre dream, a deep nightmare. The other two figures now came forward. One, another woman, but the fourth was a small elderly man carrying a bucket. And to Annette's horror, 
the figures flung out their arms and grabbed and yanked at the girl, dragging her across the chamber to a wall where the torches picked up a detail. There was a little alcove, a small section set a little further back from the rest of the wall, and in it were metal chains fixed to the stone. Then the pregnant woman was pushed into the alcove with each wrist and foot locked into place, and the four figures stepped back as this hysterical young woman sobbed, and one of the figures pulled out a book and began to frantically read the words. A prayer, perhaps. Yet it was all said in total silence. Annette could hardly believe what she was seeing, but the agony of the moment felt horribly real, because the little old man was now reaching down to a pile of stones, and then, brick by brick, he was closing up a tomb in the wall, fixing each stone with mortar, while the silent screams and pleading went on. Eventually, the pregnant girl was lost behind the wall, all apart from one small gap. You see, the old man reached up to fill it with the final brick, but then one of the robed women reached up and pulled his arm back, indicating to leave it open. Was this a tiny sign of mercy, perhaps? Annette didn't know, because soon the torches were snuffed out and the chamber dropped back into darkness. And in the dim light, she could see the figures leaving through the door they had come through. Annette sprung herself forward to pull away the bricks to save the girl, but her hands just slapped against the outer wall of Sarah Hunt's house. Annette blinked and looked again around her. She was back outside as she had been before, and she looked up and didn't see a chamber, a ceiling. She saw stars strewn across the warm night of 1976. Overcome by it all, she fell into tears and she rushed to wake her husband up, and sobbing, she told him about what had just happened, but he shook his head, clearly. She must have just fallen asleep and dreamt it all. And yet when they checked the new wall, it was lying scattered on the floor, smashed down again. He asked her if she'd heard or seen the wall fall. She shook her head. Shaken, they joined the hunts for breakfast, and Annette told her grim story. And baffled and scared, Brian called a minister from the local church, and asked him to carry out an exorcism on the property. The vicar agreed, but he could only come out on Monday, and this was Saturday. That gave the hunt some time to think. Did they really want to bring an exorcist to their house? Would the locals find out, or the contractors even, and think they were crazy? Remember, this was 1976, the film The Exorcist had just been released in recent years, and Sarah in particular thought... It might be a potentially cruel and violent ritual. Did this spirit of a sad, tragic, pregnant woman really deserve that? Eventually, Sarah chose another option. She waited till just after midnight on the Sunday, and then she walked out to the spot where Annette had said the girl was bricked up. Call it naivete or brave compassion, but Sarah spoke out, hoping the girl might hear And she said how sorry she was for what had happened to her, but that the house had love in it now. And the account even says that Sarah spoke these words. If you want to stay here, I will be your friend and talk to you and try to help you. But isn't all life in a body or out of it something that moves on and moves up? Whatever is the next step in your journey, it can't be worse than this brooding on wrongs done centuries ago. And then she said, Take my hand, 
and see if my strength can help you make the break from this dreadful existence. Sarah said that for a few moments she felt her hand being gripped tightly, but not with anger. And then the fingers, invisible, slid through hers and she was gone. They had no more trouble after that. I first discovered this case via the work of an author and researcher called Colin Parsons, who personally interviewed all four of the people involved. And he said that in his research, he discovered that during the time of King Henry VIII, the area on which the house stood had indeed been the site of some sort of religious house. But as he dug deeper, he made a horrifying discovery. In medieval times, some religious institutions had a truly hideous practice. When a nun or a novice fell pregnant, they would be walled up alive. And Parsons was particularly curious about the silent nun who stopped the final brick from being put into place. This seeming small act of mercy turned out to be far more sadistic. It's an obscure detail which Parson notes is little known outside what he called the most elite historical circles, but he says the nuns had a terrible custom. Sometimes they would leave one brick space so that the victim would not die from lack of air or suffocation. Why? Because that would be too quick. Instead, leaving one brick free would ensure the young woman would have a longer time to contemplate her so-called sin for she would die a much more lingering, drawn-out death, not through suffocation, but through starvation and thirst. So yes, we hope that the houses we build and cherish will become places of love, and they can be. But they can be places of pain too, and it seems that there are some tragedies so bad that a traumatized house can struggle to forget it. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.